listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the soggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am looking for enough ivermectin to kill a horse. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. That would be a lot of ivermectin. <laughs> and from Cascade Locks, Oregon, from the open area studio, where the, the excitement levels are gradually approaching the stress levels. I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> So you moved to, I mean, I feel like you moved to a new area. It gave the listeners like a little a little piece of the, of the Hoffman household last last week. Yeah. And you told them about your big move. You're now in the hallway. No, basically, yeah, the kind of the sort of bonus room, but it's not a bonus room. There's no door that I can close. So, but for the next... 95 minutes or so, it should be relatively quiet. Nice. Well, that's a bonus for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, lots of stuff happening up here. I know we uh, asked the listeners to pray for us the last uh, couple months or last couple weeks at least. And uh, we got a lot of prayers, uh, I think, because some stuff started happening and people started emailing us saying they're praying for us. So there's been there's been some developments. Yes, Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> well, I we have to get your news that happened a month ago out to people. So, well, it didn't happen a month ago. It was only two and a half, three weeks ago. But uh, we, uh, yeah, we started praying about what God wanted us to do next, and uh, we got a lot of answers pretty quickly uh, from God about kind of what some things just started happening. So. We uh, decided to sell our house here locally in the Seattle area, and we are moving back to my home state of Oklahoma. Yay! Yay! But, Oklahoma! Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of crazy. It's really bizarre for me since I grew up there to be like pil- making a pilgrimage back to there. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, I was excited to get out of there. It's, I joined the Navy, and I've lived here my entire adult life, 22 years. So that's been... It's been it's been really interesting. And I tell you, if I didn't have kids and we didn't get all these kind of answers to prayer that led us in this direction, I probably wouldn't be doing this. But we had so many answers to prayer that led us like this is 100 percent what we need to do that, you know, it kind of led me to, you know, now a month ago for sure. I quit my job like it led me to quitting my job completely and uh, kind of getting the house ready to sell. And now we are going to get out of here. So that is uh, that's where we are. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's tough being up here in the Northwest for a lot of different reasons, but ever since kind of this came up, we've been excited about our, our direction. Um, I got to tell you, I do feel a little bit guilty, not staying behind and putting up the good fight here in the Northwest. So I know if I didn't have kids, that would probably be the way I would do it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And, uh, 
we sold our house or at least got an accepted offer on our house last Friday and had after some some failed attempts but some stuff that all makes sense in hindsight you know you see the you see the the providence uh, to everything that happened yeah. sending a realtor to go look at a house that we really really liked and having him get there and getting called while in the driveway that he can't go in because they just accepted an offer. And then it's like, well, he's out there anyway. Have him go look at this place. It's been sitting on the market for 40 days and should still be available. And then getting all excited about that place, submitting an offer, and our normally on-the-ball realtors, for some reason, took like a, a whole day to get the offer together to have it get beat by 10 minutes. And then... <laughs> And then the the builder apparently felt bad for us and is like, hey, I've got this other house, same exact floor plan, same neighborhood. And, you know, for reasons unknown to us, not on the market, even though it was more finished than the other one. And you guys can have first dibs if you want it. So and that's the one we ended up with. So that's that was that saga and we're we're excited about it i keep doing the little you know where's the house andrew it's a northwest expressway uh you you haven't said you haven't said the state oh oklahoma man oklahoma (laughs) i've already said i'm going to oklahoma right that was so so bizarre so so bizarre but yeah this is this is happening so from the Northwest to the Northwest Expressway, in which the, are, uh, are not in the same location by about 2,000 miles. <laughs> yes. So anyway, thank you, everybody out there who's been praying for us. Uh, and my, especially my, thank you for the prayers for my family. A lot of stuff, kind of providence, like you're saying, kind of happened all at once. And just a, a litany of things that I won't even bore the listeners with but that's that's the direction that we are heading now so um yeah and i'll say you know i can't honestly say that i feel bad i feel bad for the people that are here and i certainly feel bad about moving thousands of miles away from all friends and family uh but you know it for every one like Oklahoma, what happened? Did you lose a bet? Comment. I get <laughs> like five. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah that's it's like, that's kind of funny. Is I've experienced the same thing. Yesterday, I had the rudest comment yet. Is well, who would want to live in Oklahoma? You know, yeah. Which I thought was good. I almost returned with like you know, I don't know. It's just a governor who's not a you know, you know, a complete tyrant and yeah. uh, you know, medical freedom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, most of the time people are pretty excited. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty pretty excited that, that that's a a cool prospect. So I, I yeah. do I do feel guilty though a little bit. My my friends and family up here, and even the listeners up here, we got a lot of listeners in the Puget Sound area. So and we were just talking about uh, offline. We might do a meetup or something, or I might do a meetup here in the Northwest, and that eliminates this weekend. There's probably not enough time to get one done. So. Next weekend on the 6th and 7th, if anybody can think of a place to do a meetup, um, that would be that would be super cool because there's at least, I don't know, a dozen 
listeners in this in the Puget Sound area. So yep. it would be cool to uh, to meet up with you guys. I did message uh, Kyle from Kent, and uh, he, me and him are going to try to get together. So, Good. yeah, yeah. Also met with another family, a gentleman who uh, actually found us through the corporate report and then messaged me and then introduced us to a telegram group that was an anti-mask telegram group here in the Seattle area. And he uh, had previously met with the likes of James Evan Perlato and and, uh, other people through uh, the Corbett report, which is pretty cool. And anyway, went over to, he was, we were invited to a potluck over at his house and went over there and, and had a blast. It was, uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, we were saying our goodbyes. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. Also, we're leaving soon. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. uh, it was kind of awkward in that way, but it was funny. I was saying goodbye to one of the guys. I was like, well, good luck with everything. He's like, well, I'm still going to be here, so I'm going to need it. It's just like, oh man, poor guy. So, but it was yeah. a super cool uh, uh, meetup or kind of potluck type of deal, and uh, we had a we had a great time. And the, it was funny. The guy from Amazon, there was a software exec kind of management higher level Amazon guy, and he said that everybody thinks Amazon would be the worst for like vaccine mandates and stuff, but they haven't been. He said that pretty much as long as you wear a mask if you're not vaccinated in the Amazon headquarters you're fine and other than that they don't really ask so, so they, that, that was they interesting. still care about money what a, <laughs> what a novel idea for a company <laughs> yeah apparently so. they still care like okay well this person can do their job well so maybe we should continue employing them yeah yeah so yeah Well, you know, they (laughs) I'd love to say it's out of the, you know, out of the wisdom of of Amazon or what have have you. But this is, you know, Amazon is clearly one of the winners that's been picked. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. You know, this is Amazon and Walmart and everybody else is kind of getting the screws put to them to. Oh, yeah, you should you should mandate that vaccine. Yeah, go ahead. you really should. Might not get any more government handouts if you don't. So don't forget Costco. Unfortunately, the Great Northwest wholesale store that I love, I feel like they're definitely chosen winners as well. Yeah, yeah. The, and they've been well. I I'm certainly not an expert on costco but it seems like they've been all in on like yeah wear a mask we're gonna have because they already had people at the door they kind of already had the infrastructure to so you pretty much got to wear a mask to get in right that's yeah that's the deal is well it's a private it's a you know it's a private club you Mm -hmm. have to pay to be a member of the club and then so they can kind of institute whatever whatever uh measures they want so yeah there's somebody at the door to check to see do you have your uh do you have your membership card because you can't come in if you don't so but uh i was actually looking at the cdc foundation together our impact is greater and looking at all the different companies that that uh, mm-hmm. contribute to the cdc foundation uh, costco's on there what else give me give me a give me some give me some stuff oh, oh I'm, I'm sure not, walmart oh. Walmart is there. Yep. Yep. Walgreens. Oh, yeah. Even Walgreens, Rite Aid, WebMD. 
Hilton. Well, anything medical related, I'm sure, would be. Google, General Motors, General oh. Aviation. Exxon. Amazon wants to be a Facebook medical company, too. I mean, that's. Yeah. They already started that. Yeah. Yeah. You got that. You got that around up here for sure. Um, yeah. And speaking of uh, awesome companies, uh, well, friend of the friend of the show, my 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 buddy uh, Steve, um, the guy who was we were talking about was going to be. Um, uh, what's the word? He was he had to uh, self declare his vaccination status, and he just said, you know, he, he just didn't fill it out. Right? Just never mm-hmm. never yeah. self declared. Came and got him today. Walked, you know, t- called him down walked to HR. Him out. Yeah, aye, aye, aye. came and got him today. Walked him down to HR. He had to sign an NDA, and then they uh, walked him back to get his stuff and walked him right out. So he had to sign an NDA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Non disclosure, non compete. Just it, 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 it would have been. Secrets. Okay. It wasn't necessarily about the, the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, he, he would have had to sign that regardless of. The reason yes. for his yes 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 so if he, if he had quit he would have had to sign that or if he was fired well he was but if any any reason for leaving the company you got to sign that so that you don't go work for somebody else and then sell them your secrets is kind of the idea but yeah they came today so you know you didn't fill out you didn't you didn't let us know what your what your status is so you got to go and his options were pretty much to uh, let them know what his status was and the box that he could check said something to the effect of uh, uh, gotten both vaccines. I've gotten one vaccine. I'm undecided on the vaccines. I am not planning on I have not gotten a vaccine and I don't plan on taking the vaccines. And uh, if you answered the latter one, they I have not gotten it and I don't plan to, then you'll be employed through at least January 1st. And uh mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So. so they're going to keep him on for another, what is that, a little over two months? But uh, he told me he felt like he was losing some of his freedom and, mm-hmm. and autonomy by having to self-declare. And that he didn't yeah, feel I right. I agree ab- with that. Yes. And, and no. he would didn't feel right about doing that. And so he decided not to self-declare. And uh, they decided that that was uh, not going to work for them. So just uh, just a weird weird time in, in this country you know you can uh yeah tell people you don't want to well a me- medical injection and they they could fire you for it yes and i do think you know I, I think he'll land on his feet and i do think it is probably advisable to take your stand as early as possible um, you know, right now there's a lot of work to be had out there and there's, you know, there's a lot of leverage they're trying to place on people, especially new hires in a lot of places, but at least there's still quite a few options. If you, if he had waited and just been like, okay, I'm not planning on getting it, but I'll fill out your form, you know, declaring my status and it, it might be a worse situation to be looking for a new job in in January rather than right now. Uh, I don't know. It might not make a difference, but well, we'll, we'll pray for him and and thank you for your courage, Steve. 
Yeah. Thank you for the your courageous stand. And yeah. I'm sorry this is happening to you. It's just yes. it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. And I, I just you worked there for 14 years. Work, work, work at a place for 14 years, put in your blood, sweat and tears, weekends, holidays, all the you know time you stayed late, all this stuff. Um, and yeah, they just walk you out because you didn't you didn't comply. But this was the this was the whole, you know, Biden sneak around where mm-hmm. it was a contract, a government contractor. So, right. They don't care about his rights. They don't care about what's going on with him. They don't care. The, what they care about is, are they going to keep getting that gov- that government money? And in order to get that government money, you got to have mandated all your people to get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, or be test or be tested all the time, which that was not offered as a. I don't believe was well, offered the, as a thing. And, and in uh, Inslee's actually tried to make that so that there's no testing options mm. in Washington State. The Fuhrer, Inslee, Fuhrer Mr. Inslee. Mr. Yes. Locking people out of the uh, pub, the state legislature is also trying to keep people from doing the state testing. Well, kind of a, along those lines, the only other thing I wanted to say was that, you know, I certainly feel for the people that are here. I respect the people that are like, no, man, this is my home. I'm going to I'm going to fight this thing. Uh, but if you are thinking like. Yeah, maybe should I get out of here? Are they really going to keep pushing this forward? You know, I I saw posts on, you know, Oregon Twitter about man, if they mandate it, what if they mandate this thing for kids, which is coming? You know, what's our choice? Do we just have to move to a red state then? And if that's your thinking, my only recommendation would be do it sooner rather than later rather than waiting for what's really going to set you over the edge. Because just from my personal home selling, home buying experience, uh, the Northwest housing market, which has been crazy, you know, crazy in demand for years, not so much anymore. Seems to be cooling down. And on the other end of it, you know, the red state, at least our experience with Oklahoma, there are a lot of people moving there and a lot of competition for for housing so yeah i would second everything you just said even up here in the red hot seattle market which has been one of the hottest real estate markets in the country for the last four or five years uh we still did okay but we uh we sensed a change mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. sensed a definite change you know it used to be just to get a house you got to wave everything and uh get uh no, you know, no, no, no inspection, no anything, and you know, go way over just to be able to have a chance to get it. And uh, we, I, it, it's weird because every, I don't know how to put this. Most people still believe it's exactly like that, mm-hmm. but they haven't seen the kind of boots on the ground report that you and I had, where it's like we actually had a house on the market, and it was like nobody was beating down our door like immediately. I mean, we sold our house pretty quick, but we didn't have. Uh, a whole bunch of competing offers, which was the case, you know, I yeah. paid 40 grand over MSRP or MSRP, 40 grand over ask just to get this house and mm-hmm. waived everything. And uh, yeah, it is not like that anymore. So I don't know if that's a localized thing, if it's the West Coast in general, if it's related to the mandates, if it's related to inflation, if it's related to uh, I 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm wary of some confirmation bias that I've decided to go. And so I see all these reasons to go. But mm-hmm. it does seem like there are a lot of people who the, it seems like every ha- I don't know this to be a true, but every house that I drive by where I see that it's for sale. I'm like, you're getting out of here, aren't you? <laughs> like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's right. not, it's not it's, like, oh, let's upgrade. Let's yeah, sell let's, and buy yeah. another place in the neighborhood. And my real estate agent has told me as much that there's not a lot of upgrading going on or moving around within the, within the state. So I think COVID really turned the world upside down in a lot of re- ways. And, you know, there's the work from home aspect. This is something that you wouldn't have been able to do before this whole thing started, right? You're still working from home. So, you know, yeah. you can technically do that from anywhere, for various different companies. So that's kind of cool. That actually is a positive thing that we can talk about from COVID that, you know, there's a lot of people staying at home and working from home, you know, and you get more time with your family and it's been a real blessing to you. So it's not all bad, but I think that what it has done is it's kind of just, just, just shook up the real estate market quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, if, if, if I worked for Amazon and I only had to come in once or twice a month, I mean, I could live in Coeur d'Alene. You know, yeah. just make make the five, six hour drive or the one hour flight, mm-hmm. you know, once or twice a month. And then and there's just, a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Right and now. there's a lot of people doing that. So anyway, um, the great Andrew Hoffman once told me if you're going <laughs> to get away from the globalists, you're going to have to go somewhere ugly. So I was like, you know, I know. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's got it's, it's got its own beauty, man. It's uh, it's going to yeah, be completely different. I'm a little bit worried for you. Uh, the culture shock that you're going to experience. I think the culture shock will be awesome. That's what you're hoping for. Yes. But the but the lack of trees and outdoor activities shock is going to be the the yeah. real. I was, uh, I, I was told by someone who has lived both places. You know, he's like, man, I wish I could move all the people from Oklahoma to the Northwest. Absolutely, like that, that would be the best of both worlds. Like my it, favorite. My favorite joke, Oklahoma joke, and there are many of them, but my favorite Oklahoma joke of all time is, do you know how to make a one-armed Oklahoman fall out of a tree? <laughs> no, I don't. You wave at him. <laughs> <laughs> They're a nice yep. group of people, man. It's yeah, a nice so group of people. You got to wave back. Get, yeah. Yep. I'm excited to, get, to be back and be part of them. And like I said, a lot of this really comes from uh, – Kids, kids change, kids change all this stuff, you know, I got to, for, for my son's, uh, fifth, fifth birthday, I got to send him to school and mask him up. Mm. He's got to get masked up. So instead he's going to go to school on his fifth birthday with a giant box of donuts and we can celebrate with his buddies. And then the next day we're going to go on a little bit of a drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, he's He's cool same with boat. it. He's and, not- and he's and he's ready to go, right? I mean, my oldest, same thing. You know, my youngest doesn't really know what's going on, but my oldest, she's like, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, he is ready to go, but he's not quite as uh, as old as as your daughter or as intelligent. But he he was promised to uh, at least get a basketball hoop at his new house and to be closer to his cousin, who is one of his best friends. So those two things, he was like, I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, that's, that's where we are. So thank you guys for the prayers. Please keep praying for us. There's so much stuff up in the air. I mean, we have, it's it's just the stuff that's going on. There's been health issues at my house. I haven't had a job for this last month. I've done a major renovation, like remodeled a whole bathroom, uh, 
installed a sump pump underneath the crawl space, <laughs> like just thing after thing after thing. And like, you know, all of these hurdles and, you know, working out stuff with my family back home and just trying to, so keep, please keep praying for us. We're trying to just do what, what God is leading us to do. And I, I'm a big baby. You know, I have a big safety net there. I have my whole family there. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but for me, I like to figure everything out before I do it and plan it out and just make sure it's the right move. And I didn't do that in this case and really just listened to God saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. And I just followed him each step of the way, including quitting my job, like just like walking in one day and be like, yep, that's it. I'm out. So good luck to you all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just swung by yesterday to visit and they have no cars on the lot. I mean, it doesn't look fun to be there mm-hmm. right now. They got the pressure coming down from the top about everybody getting vaccinated or whatever. And then there's very few cars to sell and we're just, uh, we're following God's lead. I'm excited to see what he has us up, what he has us doing. I'm excited to see where he's going to lead us with all this stuff. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe there'll be a, a revelations radio news homestead that everybody can try to make their way to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, there's still some land in Oklahoma. Not, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of land. I don't think is, as much as there used to be, I think it's it's going fast. But and just real quick, I know we have a ton of uh, international listeners, so let me tell everybody about Oklahoma real quick. Just think, it's like Texas light. It's like Texas's little brother. It's a little cheaper. They got a little rougher history with the American Indians. Uh, there's a little bit of oil, and uh, they just it's it's got a lot of the same issues as Texas. Not quite as strong of a we're going to become our own state if you guys mess with us too much mm-hmm. attitude. But very, like, very, country. very, yeah, very, very conservative. I'm sorry, did I say country? You said state. But. Oh, state, yeah. Texas said, I'm going to become our own country. But anyway, it's for those of you around the world, it's just north of Texas, and it's a lot like Texas. Just, you know, they don't have the vaccine mandates, uh, at least not very many of them. They don't have the masking orders for the children's, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, and uh, I have some uh, some family there, so. After 22 years in the Pacific Northwest, I'm headed home. Congratulations, Tim. Thanks, buddy. And I'm heading to your home. Someplace, <laughs> moving the family. To uh, a, a place he's never been. He drove to, through it I, once. Yeah, I drove through Tulsa, which is not where we're going to. So, yeah. that's. <laughs> and thank you to my wife for being under <laughs> extraordinarily understanding. You know, I'm very thankful for her, you know, becoming and getting on the same page as me on on all this stuff, you know, on vaccines. And I've I've seen so many people have to deal with, you know, split households on on a lot of stuff. And and just so grateful that she's on the same page and. And I mean, she did so much work on this place. You would look at the listing and think that, oh, there's not a an active, you know, five year old house terrorist trying to destroy everything every minute of her waking day. Like you would, you wouldn't be able to tell that. So I'll, I'll let everybody in on a little secret. I may or may not have accepted the first offer that came through instead of getting into a bidding war because I was in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> With the- with some small children and a dog. <laughs> just yeah. like, I don't know how much longer we can make it in here. So yeah. thank you to my wife as well, who uh, has been killing it. She's in the house currently packing right now, trying to 
make sure that we got enough toys, but not too many toys. Man, we got a lot of toys. <laughs> we got to downsize on the toys. You go to thrift stores and, mm-hmm. you know, never this – this is a, a Revelations Radio News tip. Gosh, we're 20 minutes in. People are like, is this – what is this about news? Uh, <laughs> but uh, don't ever buy new toys if you can avoid it. Go to oh, your yeah. local – Go to your local thrift store. You can just not buy toys, period. People give your kids toys. That's true. That's true. But if you if you do want to buy toys or you need them, then just go to your local thrift store. My son thinks that uh, every thrift store, it literally is a toy store. He calls them toy stores. I don't yeah. I don't think the kid has ever been in a new toy box store, <laughs> ever. Well, they don't have Toys R Us anymore. So That's true. There's not that That's many true. new toy toy stores so yeah i guess he's but he's never even been to the, like the toy section of target or walmart or anything like that like literally toy stores are just like where there's clothes in the front and then you go in the back and there's a bunch of open <laughs> toys you can just kind of play with whatever one you want and then convince your mom this is the one and, and then that's it so yeah <laughs> but anyway we're, we're she's in there right now trying to figure out which toys are, are, are good to go and which you know just working her butt off she's also been working her butt off and we've had some some various things going on with health and whatnot so thank you very much for the prayers and keep them coming and uh without further ado andrew did you have anything else or should we get into uh what you got lined up for us today well let's do some actual do what we do all right which is uh, a lot of me ramble and you coming up with yeah do we do we want the we want to start off with the cringe or save the cringe for later uh, I want to hit the cringe now because I want to, you know, hopefully have a chance to cleanse, cleanse, cleanse okay. my Cle- palate. Cleanse the palate later. Yeah, yep. I, I like it. Uh, let's start off with what's actually the second to the last thing that I sent you uh, way down at the bottom. The tweet of uh, Francis Collins singing a song. Poof, coronavirus came from overseas. Infecting folks across the land, Seattle, NYC. A little bats virus, love those human cells. Next thing you know, the cases grow and the world has gone too. It's a family show. Heck, poof, coronavirus came from overseas. Infecting folks across the land, Seattle, NYC. Poop coronavirus called COVID-19 quickly spread like a wildfire. Now we're in quarantine. Now no one can travel or even leave their homes. Schools are closed. All kids must know. Avoid the danger zones. We all must do our part to protect the ones we love. So if you meet at least six feet and handle doors with gloves, oh, oh, coronavirus came from overseas, infecting folks across the land of Seattle, NYC. Poof, coronavirus called COVID-19, quickly spread like wildfire. Now we're in quarantine. We miss our camp fantastic and joining in the fun the nasty little virus says don't care for anyone an historic pandemic of its like we've never known proof coronavirus how quickly it has grown we will all 
get through it, but things won't be the same. What will we learn from this dark turn? How will our lives be changed? COVID might be scary, but hope is on the scene. We'll beat coronavirus when we have that vaccine. Oh, okay. Coronavirus. <laughs> Make it stop. Make it stop. Andrew? Yeah. Not really happy with you right now. <laughs> so a couple, I, I, you know, I this is. I, I've never. I, I really don't even know what to say. I, I don't so, know how you found this. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things to talk it, about visually here. Yes. The, the visuals are obviously lost for our podcast. His wife, while he is singing, is going around wearing a coronavirus like hat. And then she pretends to die when he says vaccine. Like that's the answer is that we'll get through it when we get the vaccine. This is way from way back March 2020. And interesting that he just says like coronavirus that we call a COVID-19. <laughs> like, Because that's, you know, really all it is. Like I just, just started calling it COVID-19. Uh I don't know. Very, <laughs> very creepy when you consider what the NIH does that he's the director of. You know, he's Fauci's boss. We've talked about it. He kind of has gotten a free pass for a long time, although he did, he is resigning. And uh, the the person who posted the tweet points out that uh, his shirt has a known. Uh, pedophile symbol on it, the heart in heart symbol. So take that for little what girl it's worth, lover. But yeah, so it's just uh, these people truly are evil. Like that's a, it's very tough for for people to wrap their heads around it, and they want to think it's just people, you know, just government bureaucracies at work. Like no, no, they they really are that evil. So. And the next two articles, I don't know. The first, I'm, the first comment on that, by the way, I thought was hilarious. Been married forty three years, and even at our kinkiest, we have never been this weird before. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hold on, but I think I have a Francis. Hold on, hold on. Stop the All show. Right. Stop right, the stop show. The I think show I have a Francis Collins clip. <laughs> oh. Gosh, we go right from like heartfelt. Thank you for the prayers. We're making some big changes. Pray for our families to just trying to make the everybody throw up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you said you wanted to start with the cringe. I'm, I'm I'm regretting this already. Okay. We'll we'll save the Hillary clip for later then. So this clip I grabbed because I. The title caught me, which was Pamela Brown of CNN grills the NIH director. Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw that. Have you seen this? So this is interesting for a lot of reasons, including CNN trying to change mildly the narrative, but kind of right. confront him on a couple things, but then like circle back and like overstate what is clearly untrue. So let's let's just hit this. I just thought this is a just a, an interesting piece to kind of dissect and, and deconstruct here. 
I want to continue our conversation with Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health. Um, Dr. Collins, I want to talk about what has been making some headlines in the last few days and what appears to be a major shift. The NIH now admits to funding risky research and the Wuhan lab years ago through EcoHealth Alliance, but just found out about this in August of this year. Um, it's saying in a letter to Congress, it was done in a limited experiment and that the mice became sicker with one type of a bat coronavirus compared to another type. In May, this is what Dr. Anthony Fauci declared. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute. Do they find Dr. Barrick? Dr. Collins, how could he say that when you're just not finding out, finding out that U.S. tax dollars were being used to pay for this risky research in that Wuhan lab two years ago? If you didn't know about what was going on, what else do you not know about? So I'm glad you're asking because this really needs to be clarified. Part of the confusion here, Pam, is this term gain of function. In common scientific parlance, gain of function involves all kinds of experiments where you're trying to understand the function of a particular biological cell. For instance, cancer immunotherapy, where we're trying to give people with cancer a chance to fight off their cancer by I just want to be clear. Sorry, Dr. Collins, I do want to interrupt because I think I want to be clear. I'm not, I don't need to, to get into the nitty gritty about gain of function. This is to say, and I know it's manipulating a virus to make it more pathogenic, but this is to say that grant money was given to EcoHealth Alliance that was then conducting research in the Wuhan lab and EcoHealth Alliance violated the terms of its contract by not immediately notifying uh, the NIH of this risky research it was doing. You're just now finding out. So the question is, um, you know, how, how can you know what this money is going toward, what kind of research this is going toward in places like the Wuhan lab, if you're just now finding this out from EcoHealth Alliance, how the U.S. taxpayer dollars was being used. Well, EcoHealth did violate the terms of their grant award, but I want to make it really clear, Pam, that's why I started explaining what this term gain of function means. Yes, they did some things they should have told us about, but they did not do the kind of gain of function research that requires special high level oversight. That's where the confusion arises. Yeah, they messed up. Uh, we are gonna hold them accountable. They sent us a progress report two years late that they should have sent a while ago. And it had information in it that they should have told us about. But let me be clear, this was in no way, no way connected with the advent of SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. And anybody who tries to And we're not saying that. Okay, good. Okay. And we are not, we want to be clear to our viewers, there is no allegation here from what we know that the virus used in this experiment two years ago in the Wuhan lab is in in any way connected to COVID-19. But what it does show, what it does show is that there was risky research being conducted in that lab with U.S. taxpayer dollars that the NIH was unaware of and is just now finding out. So it raises the question of what other risky experiments could be going on with taxpayer funding that you don't know about. Does that concern you? It does. I think in this instance, uh, the particular grantee, which is EcoHealth Alliance, uh, failed uh, to follow the terms 
I don't know how much more I can handle of this man. So, so but yeah, we're go just ahead. gonna like blame Eco Health Alliance. Yes, like, uh, essentially. Like, how were we supposed to know what they were doing? And so, it, like, oh, okay, yeah. So visually, what is going on down into the right in in the studio? You see her. She's like reading. Someone's clearly messaging her on a different place mm-hmm. than just the camera. You can watch it throughout the whole thing. Every time he starts to speak. You can see her kind of look, and then she – so very, very strange clip uh, propaganda-wise because, like, the truth is almost there. <laughs> like, we are almost to well, the truth, but then uh, we walk it – but then we walk, we walk it. Like, the essence of the truth is there, but then we walk it back because this doesn't have anything to do with the coronavirus. This just eco-health alliance broke the – the gain of blah, blah, blah. This is cover for them. Okay. Oh, the NIH had, Oh, how can like, this is like a hit job. Like he's being grilled because he doesn't even know where the money is going in the head of the NIH baloney. He knew they knew everybody knew this is a hit job. This is a quote unquote hit job so that he can get a little bit of heat. But the, the NIH, they knew that this was gain of function, function research that was going on. And they're, they're trying to walk it back like, well, there was a little bit, but not that much. And it wasn't at all related to SARS-CoV-2. Right. We didn't just, design we didn't design the virus to go with the – we didn't design a bioweapon to go with the vaccine that we developed. That's not what happened. No, definitely not. And Moderna didn't have any, you know, <laughs> idea what it was going to be ahead of time. Not Like, not at all. So. Yeah. Well, that's Moderna, where, that's who, where we're Moderna. going next. So, so you could almost say this is a limited hangout, Tim. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. agree. Limited. And, of of course, that is a Whitney Webb reference to her site, Unlimited Hangout. And that's well, where we've she, got... She doesn't own the term limited hangout, but yes. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Yeah, it's a it's a reference to what the CIA does. Absolutely. And well, they'll tell you some things, but not the real story. And, you know, I would say we're not getting all that close to the truth at all. It's layers of lies upon layers of lies upon layers of lies. Um, But this article that Whitney, it's actually a series of articles. I don't know. If you are not feeling it, feel free to stop me and I'll try to summarize the end and we'll. We'll go from there, but she really does a great job of covering in detail what we've talked about previously, how Moderna was such a fraud company. Like they could could not get a product through the FDA, which, as we know, not that hard to do. So they should have been, well, the article explains it well, but, um, and this was posted on... Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s site, the Defender, Children's Health, Health Defense.org. And uh, part one is Moderna had a long history of failure. Then along came COVID. Not only did the COVID vaccine become the answer to nearly all Moderna's woes, but it also provided the disruptive scenario necessary to alter the public's perceptions of what a vaccine is and eliminate existing safeguards and bureaucracy in vaccine approval. And we we played some of those clips. Was it last week? When did we play the clips that you got from Alex Jones's deal, where they're talking about what? What if we just blow the whole thing up? And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing yeah. last week. 
so. or the week before, but yeah, <laughs> the last couple weeks. Before COVID-19, Moderna was in danger of hemorrhaging investors as persistent safety concerns and other doubts about its mRNA delivery system threatened its entire product pipeline. Fear caused by the pandemic crisis made those concerns largely evaporate, even though there is no proof that they were ever resolved. Those analyzing the COVID-19 crisis and its effects have mostly focused on how its disruptive nature has led to major shifts and recalibrations throughout society and the economy. Such disruption has also lent itself to a variety of agendas that had required an event of reset potential in order to be realized. In the case of the vaccine industry, COVID-19 has led to dramatic changes in how federal agencies manage the approval of medical countermeasures during a declared crisis, how trials for vaccine candidates are conducted, how the public perceives vaccination, and even how the term vaccine is defined. Such shifts, though obvious, have provoke praise from some and sharp criticism from others, with the latter category being largely censored from public discourse on television, in print, and online. However, in objectively analyzing such seismic changes, it's clear that most of these shifts in vaccine development and vaccine policy dramatically favor speed and the implementation of new and experimental technology at the expense of safety and thorough study. In the case of vaccines, it can be argued that no one benefited more from these changes than the developers of the COVID-19 vaccines themselves, particularly the pharmaceutical and biotechnology company Moderna. Not only did the COVID-19 crisis obliterate hurdles that had previously prevented Moderna from taking a single product to market, it also dramatically reversed the company's fortunes. Indeed, from 2016 right up to the emergence of COVID-19, Moderna could barely hold it together as it was shedding key executives, top talent, and major investors at an alarming rate. Essentially, Moderna's promise of revolutionizing medicine and the remarkable salesmanship and fundraising capabilities of the company's top executive, uh, Stefan Bancel, were the main forces keeping it afloat. In the years leading up to the COVID-19 crisis, Moderna's promises, despite Bancel's efforts, rang increasingly hollow as the company's long-spanning penchant for extreme secrecy meant that despite nearly a decade in business, it had never been able to definitively prove that it could deliver the revolution it had continually assured investors was right around the corner. This was compounded by major issues with patents held by a hostile competitor that threatened Moderna's ability to turn a profit on anything it might manage to take to market, as well as major issues with its mRNA delivery system that led to led them to abandon any treatment that would require more than one dose because of toxicity concerns. Hmm. And we're, we're on booster, booster four coming up now. Uh, the latter issue, though, largely forgotten and or ignored by the media today, should be a major topic in the COVID-19 booster debate. Given that there's still no evidence that Moderna ever resolved the toxicity issue that arose in multi-dose products. In the first installment of a two-part series, the dire situation in which Moderna found itself immediately prior to the emergence of COVID-19 is discussed in detail, revealing that Moderna, very much like the now-disgraced company Theranos, had long been a house of cards with sky-high valuations completely disconnected from reality. Kind of sounds like our whole economy at this point, but... Uh, Part two will explore how that reality could have come crashing down sometime in 2020 or 2021, were it not for the advent of the COVID-19 crisis and Moderna's subsequent partnership with the U.S. government and the highly unusual processes involving its vaccines development and approval. Despite the emergence of real-world data, 
challenging the claims that Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective. Moderna's booster is being, is being rushed through by some governments, while others have recently banned the vaccine's use in young adults and teens due to safety concerns. In Europa. Yeah. As this two-part series will show, safety concerns about Moderna were well known before the COVID crisis, yet they have been ignored by health pro- authorities and the media during the crisis itself. In addition, in order to stave off collapse, Moderna must keep selling its COVID-19 vaccine for years to come. In other words, without the approval of its booster, which has caused great controversy even among the country's top vaccine officials, we talked about that, Moderna faces a massive financial reckoning. While the COVID-19 crisis threw the company a lifeboat, the administration of its COVID-19 vaccine, in which the U.S. government has now invested nearly $6 billion, must continue into the foreseeable future for the bailout to be truly successful. Otherwise, a company now worth $127 billion, with major investments from the U.S. government, U.S. military, and ties to the world's wealthiest individuals will crumble in short order. In September 2016, Damien Gardy, the national biotech reporter for the medical media company STAT, S-T-A-T, wrote a lengthy expose, expose, I believe we've read that article on this podcast, mm-hmm. wrote a lengthy expose of the ego, ambition, and turmoil plaguing one of biotech's most secretive startups. The article focused on the company Moderna, which had been founded in 2010 to commercialize the research of Boston Children's Hospital cell biologist Derek Rossi. The effort to turn a profit by creating Moderna, uh, which intimately involved controversial scientists and close Bill Gates associate Bob Langer, as well as Cambridge, Massachusetts-based flagship ventures, now flagship pioneering, began soon after Rossi published a report on the ability of modified RNA to turn skin cells into different types of tissue. Between the time of Moderna's founding and Guardi's 2016 investigation, the buzz around Rossi's research and its potential to create medical breakthroughs had waned, as had the buzz around its potential to make investors very wealthy. Despite teaming up with pharmaceutical giants like AstraZeneca and raising record amounts of funding, Moderna still had no product on the market six years after its founding, and a stat revealed the company's caustic work environment had led to a persistent hemorrhaging of top talent. Though little of its internal conflicts was publicly known due to its obsession with secrecy. Most troubling for the company that year, however, was that Moderna appeared to have run into roadblocks with its most ambitious products or projects. Aside, do you want to jump in? I got, I mean, how much more do you want to do? I, I, I have something that kind of ties into this. Okay. Go for it. So this is from the Spartacus letter, which came out, gosh, the end of last month. I think uh, Tom Bionic, of all people, sent it to me. And I had some highlights in here, which ties perfectly in with your article here. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is the Spartacus le- Spartacus COVID letter. Uh, Dang you to hell, you will not destroy America. Here's the COVID letter. Now, it starts off as like this like protesting type of like, this is how they're going to destroy America. And we're not going to let them. But like. That's the first 10%. And then the whole middle 80% is like some, like just, he lays out all kinds of stuff, but he's clearly in the medical profession. Like the stuff he talks about in this letter, as far as what COVID does, how it attacks your, your capillaries and your, uh, your blood, you know, delivery system, including your heart and all this stuff. It was like, it's not 
it's not written by a lay person, which also, by the way, made me think about how the uh, you came across the old website, Niacin Cures COVID, uh, considering what it does is opens up all the capillaries and whatnot. But uh, it, just some highlights that completely tie in with what you're talking about here and what Whitney Webb is talking about. There is a vast uh, and appalling criminal conspiracy that directly links both Anthony Fauci and Moderna to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. December 12, 2019, Ralph Barrick signed a material transfer agreement, essentially an NDA, to receive coronavirus mRNA vaccine-related materials co-owned by Moderna and the NIH. It wasn't until a whole month later, on January 11, 2020, that China allegedly sent us the sequence to what will become known as SARS-CoV-2. Moderna claims, rather absurdly, that they developed a working vaccine from this sequence in under 48 hours. Stephen Bansell, the current CEO of Moderna, was formerly the CEO of BioMurex. Uh, it's, a, it's a French word, so Murex or Mura, uh, a French multinational corporation specializing in medical diagnostic tech, was founded by uh, uh, Elaine Mura. Elaine Mira was one of the individuals who was instrumental in the construction of the Wuhan Institute of Virology's P4 lab. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is an actual criminal conspiracy in which people connected to the development of Moderna's mRNA-1273 are directly connected to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and their gain-of-function research by a few degrees of separation, if any. The paper trail is well-established. Uh, the lab leak theory has been suppressed because pulling that thread leads one to inevitably conclude that there was enough circumstantial evidence to link Moderna, the NIH, the WIV, and both vaccines, and both the vaccine and virus's creation altogether. In the same country, this would immediately have led to the world's biggest RICO mass murder case with Fauci, Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, Shai Zengli, and Stephen Bansell as their accomplice. Uh, as their accomplices, who would have been indicted and prosecuted to the full extent of the law, instead of billions of our tax dollars were awarded to the perpetrators. Uh-huh. <laughs> I agree with all that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, oh, and I, oh I, my last little doozy. Robert Langer, an MIT alumnus and expert in nanotech uh, drug delivery is one of the co-founders of Moderna. His net worth is now $5.1 billion, thanks to Moderna's mRNA-1273 vaccine sales. And you know my, uh, my constantly bringing up uh, that we all found out that Anthony Fauci was strangely tied to MIT and was storing information mm, and stuff on their, on their servers and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and the, the Bill Gates connection is another that Whitney Webb mentioned is also a, a very near connection with Epstein and MIT. Yep. Yep. It's all the same people, friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. We talk about yeah. it frequently, but it really does come down to them most yeah. times. So the, so this article goes on. I won't read the rest of it, but there is lots more to If there's it. more to go, I, mine was more just like that quit excerpt. And I, I had actually done pre-show work and highlighted those parts because I wanted to cover them. I just thought it would tie uh, nice, dovetail it, nicely to what we were talking about here. It did. And this article goes into detail on the Kregler-Najjar syndrome. Okay. So this is this should have been the easiest, like, it was chosen because it's like, oh, it's simple. It's like one gene we got to change. Like, that's it. Like compared to dealing with the 
coronavirus or, you know, flu virus. It's super simple. They couldn't do it. Still failed, still toxic. And, you know, as she points out, they never fixed the problems. They just skipped the animal trial testing that always, you know, revealed their products to be toxic. And they just skipped it. Emergency use, boom. You know, stock price went from $18 a share to over 300 I don't know what it is now, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know just, your thoughts. I don't know your thoughts off. Uh, profiting from mass murder but i did i did have somebody <laughs> i did have somebody tell me in in like may of 2020 he he texted me he's like tim if you haven't bought moderna you need to buy as much as you can right now and i was like i think i bought like one share and then sold it a couple months later i was like ah, i don't know about this and no yeah. no you can't you know i i would even feel bad trying to short moderna because it's it still involves you know eventually buying shares of that company it's like do you buy shares in the uh, put, put, put options man that's what, that's what you gotta do put options just bet on its downfall yeah well okay well <laughs> it should go to zero yeah if there's any economic or actual justice in the world that should eventually go to zero because it is a house of cards it's a, a scam and it's poisoning people left and right and the the reason, you know, usually we talk about Pfizer more than Moderna, and for good reason. But it's the same same stuff. Like, they're just licensing it from Moderna, who's licensing it from, you know, someone else. Well, uh, and the one thing we've learned through all this is that nobody, and I mean nobody, has the reach of the company that made the boner pill. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they are... They are well, legitimately as as marketing what? and and political influence. Yeah, Pfizer's I mean, on a different level. It's yeah. a whole nother level. Yeah. Like like you're uh, you want to share everybody what your comment was to the uh, FDA review board that was looking to <laughs> looking to uh, and by the way they voted unanimously to oh unanimously prove it for five to five to eleven year olds now yeah interesting some of the the. Those don't seem to be the same panelists that voted 17 to 2 against boosters. Uh, interesting that so many of the existing panelists have ties directly to Pfizer. Huh. That's interesting. Strange. Interesting. For those of you who are staying in Washington to fight the good fight, good for you. And for those of you who are staying in Washington and have children that are, you know, ages 5 to 11, <laughs> how long? How long will it be? Yeah. For you can. For, before Inslee says, oh, oh, before you can attend any schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Oh, and it it won't just be schools either. Yeah, oh, no. This is, <laughs> well, you're five years old. You can be vaccinated. So why you can't get into whatever public event, you know. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Show your Vax Pass for Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Chuck E. Cheese regional or is that are there Chuck E. Cheese's? No, all it's, it's, place? it's national. Everybody knows okay. what that is. Everybody okay, knows. Good. Well, I mean, in in my limited touring of the country, I think everybody knows what Chuck E. Cheese is. Okay. So. Yeah. Home I mean, of uh, weird animatronic statues, lots of games, and mediocre pizza. Yeah, yeah, very. I can't like recall the taste of Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I don't think it's not very mem memorable there. Yeah. So. Fair enough. All right. So part two, 
COVID-19 Moderna gets its miracle. Uh, just came out today. And I would recommend people check that out as well. Let me see if there's a couple highlights to throw in here. Oh, Moderna gets its miracle uh, from from Whitney Webb, part two? Yeah, part two. Just came out today to that same article I was reading previously. Um, oh, no wonder I couldn't find where you were. I was on part two this whole time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's like, where yeah. is he? Yeah. That's awesome. So the, the serendipitous origins of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, a couple, yeah, there's... You reach the conclusion, which we had already reached, but this provides much more detailed documentation for it, that the virus, or whatever you want to call it, uh, was created for the vaccine, not the other way around. And that's, right. people have been saying that for quite a while, but this is absolutely, absolutely the case, you know, and and in some ways... The vaccine mandate, you know, we, we talk about how the vaccine mandates create the supply chain breakdown, the, quote, labor shortage and what have you. This is all, it's by design. It's breaking stuff down. Things fall apart. And whether it's the stuff that is still going to be functioning, Amazon, Walmart, or, you know, your mom and, top, mom and pop business that, Either people start supporting those intentionally, even when it doesn't make economic sense, or they're going away. You know, in my little hometown, the little greasy spoon burger joint that's been there for 40 years, it's closing. They can't get people to work. Mm. And you can't get people to work because if you're making $15 an hour at a greasy spoon burger joint, you can't afford to live. So, and yeah, it's and it, you've got the lots of other issues in there too. But that, that's part of us of uh, here in the Pacific Northwest and just the whole West Coast is just a really another thing that kind of weighed on our factors. Just high cost of living. You know, yeah. you can live on fifteen dollars an hour in the middle of the country. You can't. Mm-hmm. People do it all the time. Yep. But up here, it's 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 more of a struggle. And if you're a, you know, mom and pop business, you're competing with. Taco Bell and McDonald's and what have you, where it, they don't have to make that that good of profits on one store, right? They just have to make a tiny bit of profit on one store, and they got a million stores, and there you go. But you don't you don't have to feed your whole family on the profits from one restaurant. And this is, yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a corrupt system. It's getting worse, and it's worse. In our part of the country, I think, than other parts. Although I will say this about Oklahoma. Seem to be a big fan of the chain stores. So oh, yeah. No, they, they've always – no, that's that, – you need to know that. Largest yeah. – okay, yeah, yeah. Before you go, I, I keep telling you all the bad things so your eyes are wide <laughs> open, which has been a, an interesting subtext of all of our uh, communications back and forth. Largest concentration of Walmart stores in the country, Oklahoma yeah. City. This because, is, but in 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 the reason is it's it's not quite as nefarious. It just ended up that way. Sam Walton, who was a good guy, who made a cool store with a good idea and was all, by all accounts a, a decent human being, 
um, started a, a, a department store company, you know, a department store mm-hmm. that had cheaper products, cheaper prices, but all made in the United States. And he would have a greeter at the door and the greeters were supposed to say hello to everybody. And he would occasionally dress up or dress down like a farmer and walk into the stores. And if he was treated poorly, he was known to fire people on the spot. And uh, that was kind of how he built his business. He passes away. He gives it to, I can't remember, there's three or four children. Mm-hmm. And they basically sold their soul to China. They, yes. they, they removed the made in the USA part of all of the products in Walmart and made it part of China. And anyway, but my the reason I bring all this up is because Sam had already conquered, because he started in Arkansas. So he had already conquered mm-hmm. Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, and Oklahoma. And, you know, was well into Texas and the rest of the country before he passes away. And, yeah, so unfortunately, these stores grew to be super centers, which then, you know, ended up with uh, – Grocery stores and everything else, and then just proceeded to destroy every small town that they entered into. There was a great documentary from the early 2000s called Walmart, The High Cost of Low Prices. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went really into uh, how this machine kind of took over everything. Hey, you, you pay your employees just enough that, so that they still qualify for government health benefits and stuff like that. You know, it's a They can buy discounted food from you. So the money comes right back in. That's another sick part about it that was covered yeah. in the high cost of low prices. They get a minor discount, and most of the money they get when they cash their check comes right back to the same store to get the food. Yeah. Ugh. And the that system is falling apart now in some some ways. In oh, some yeah. ways it, it's getting exacerbated, but it's also falling apart. Well, and that's this was a this was not the end goal. The end goal was not cheap goods from China. The end goal is world government. That's and, true. You know, this is one of the the steps along the way was getting everyone reliant on cheap Chinese manufacturing. And now that that now, oh, wait, you can't. Now it's tough to ship stuff. And when it costs four times as much to ship a container, all of a sudden, it's tough to make those goods as cheap. Maybe we should have had some manufacturing here. You know, all of a sudden, there there would be manufacturing advantages to to at least manufacturing in Mexico as opposed to to China. But anyway, well, you know, I'm a fan of the Black Rifle Coffee uh, and CEO of Black Rifle Coffee, Evan Hafer, who I've met and talked about previously. Um, you know, he talks about constantly that, you know, he'll put stuff on his website to in early, especially early on. And people would immediately comment, you can't sit. Why do you sell this? This is made in China. You know, what are you selling this stuff on your website for? And what people didn't know. And he talks about is like he went to go get uh, uh, insulated uh, to go cups, right? Double wall mm-hmm. insulated coffee cups. Yeah. Not a single manufacturer in the in the country of the United States makes one. None. Yeah. They're, they don't have that ability. No one anymore has the ability to make a double aluminum wall, you know, cup. And so he's struggled with like, what products can he get from China? And he knows he's going to get like backlash, you know, rightfully so. And he wants to support American companies, but he also wanted to make like a to-go cup. So, you know, it, it, even if even if people want to, it's become hard or nearly impossible to to get stuff made in the United States. Yeah, I used to watch Shark Tank, and it'd always be like, well, why don't you? Have stuff made in China. <laughs> you know, it's like, cut your costs. 
like, oh, I'd like to do U.S. manufacturing. Okay, no deal. You know, <laughs> like, let's make it in China. Yeah. Make it for four cents. Uh, but it, you know, this is not a, the whole just-in-time supply chain, too. We We talked about that years ago and how it's designed to be breakable. Yeah, well, and that's that's the problem right now. Like I said, I went to the dealership and the amount of cars in the lot is just pathetic. And that's a real problem. The car business has been a driver of the American economy for the longest time, almost like tip of the spear. You want to see if people have money? Look at American car sales. Do people are people is the money flowing? Are they feeling good about their job? Are they feeling good about the budget? They'll purchase cars. It's the mo- it's the biggest dispensable income machine, right? And then there's a lot of jobs tied to that, whether it's the maintenance, the tires, the all the all the stuff that can be done with it. And without that at all, and I'm not saying everybody should go out and get themselves in debt to buy a car. I'm just saying it's a symbol, it's a sign of a big part of the economy that's going to go down the tubes now. And what are we going to be left with? Where's that money going to go? Where are people going to be, you know, getting the vehicles? How and and why are Prices being driven up. I mean, used car prices, as far as I know, I haven't been looking at it for a little over a month now, but they are still on the rise. Mm-hmm. Cars are yep. worth more now than they were a month ago, which is bizarre. So this is, uh, yeah, it's bizarre. And, you know, I want to give the credit to the Northwest. And that was one of the things I loved about Seattle and love about this area is there's local stuff. You can go. There's a local pizza place right down the, right down the street. There's a local, you know, coffee shop right down the street. There's a local and you can pay a little bit more and support the local stuff. You don't have to go to technically Starbucks is still local, <laughs> but, yeah. but you don't have to go to the Starbucks. You can go to the like local coffee shop and support them and you pay a little bit more, but you support, support localism. Mm-hmm. Not something that I'm familiar with ever experiencing in Oklahoma. I'm going to bring it. I'm excited to try and find it. Yeah. But it, in, and I think maybe they've made a change. I like I said, I haven't lived there in 20 years, it's 22. So it's going to be uh, fun to try and find some local places to support down there. Yes, we got to find some some local grass-fed uh, beef ranchers down there. There you go. Get some, some, and you know, try to find someone like, hey, can the next uh, group of animals? Can you not inject them with a bunch of vaccines? Can we try that? Yeah. That would... <laughs> so we'll. Buy some cows. We'll put them on your, your place, Tim. You got you got enough land for some cows. We'll see. We'll see. I'm looking <laughs> at looking at buying a place that has a little bit of land. So we'll see. You want a palate cleanser? Yes. I think it's time. There's too much cringe happening right now. We gotta. All right. We, we gotta cleanse the palate on this one. And this is uh, long before I found uh, Chris White. Long before I found the. Uh, uh, you know, kind of conspiracy Christian stuff before I found, you know, uh, loose change and kind of woke up to the world. My favorite podcaster, we wasn't even doing podcasts yet, but he was doing morning radio was always Adam Carolla and, uh, Adam Carolla, uh, somebody dug this clip up of him talking to, uh, roasting good old Alec Baldwin, who uh, everybody knows. I'm sure this, this week shot somebody on set. Uh, with mm-hmm. a live prop gun, however, in the world that happens. Shot two people, but yep. killed one of them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Here's Adam Carolla roasting Alec Baldwin. Gosh, I don't even know how many years ago this is, but you ready? Yep. Alec, your brothers aren't here because you hate them. 
your colleagues aren't here because they hate you. And your best friend isn't here because he hung himself in a Manhattan prison cell. What do you miss more, the plane or the island? Be honest. Your brother. Wow. <laughs> Adam Carolla with no chill. I love him. No chill. Oh, man. Uh, they can't, well, that can't have been too long ago, though. Yeah, right. No, that's true. Yeah, it's post Epstein's death, but. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Kimmel, one of the one of uh, Adam's best friends, you know, he uh, he made it to the island. Alec Baldwin made it to the island. No Adam Carolla at the island. Hmm. Good for him. <laughs> and I don't think Adam Carolla, I, I would venture to guess and I don't know anything about anything, but I listened to countless hours of this man talking about his life. He's interesting. He lives an interesting life, man. He grows up dirt poor in Los Angeles and just pulls himself up by the bootstraps and realizes that telling jokes can make you a little bit of money but you never reach that jimmy kimmel level never reach that hundred million dollar never reach that higher echelon of hollywood no matter how hard he works and he still works hard to this day can't quite reach that level maybe it's because they offered him a deal he didn't take it or they didn't even offer him the deal i tend to think you don't invite adam carolla to epstein island (laughs) he just (laughs) he just wouldn't get it you know what i mean he just wouldn't get it Oh, that is, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, you know. You want to hear it again? Oh, sure. It's it's, it's unbelievable to hear that much truth given. I know, man. I mean, like to his face, too. That's just. Yeah, he's sitting there. Like, it's, it is really not a joke. It's, it's it's not funny. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. I just love this dude. Your brothers aren't here because you hate them. Your colleagues aren't here because they hate you. And your best friend isn't here because he hung himself in a Manhattan prison cell. What do you miss more, the plane or the island? Be honest. Oh, the plane of the island. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And the other, and there's no other time to play it, so I might as well play it now. My other favorite person before I kind of woke up to everything was one Dave Chappelle. And uh, he actually had a response to all the trans people who were coming at him. Or actually, it was not trans people, it was the Netflix people protesting him. He had a response. It's over five minutes long. I'll just play you the first pertinent minute or two. It's been said in the press that I was invited to speak to the transgender employees at Netflix, and I refuse. That is not true. If they had invited me, I would have accepted it, although I am confused about what we are speaking about. I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? You said you want a safe working environment at Netflix. Well, it seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. I want everyone in this audience to know that even though the media frames us that it's me versus that community, 
It's not what it is. Do not blame the LBGTQ community for any of this shit. This has nothing to do with them. It's about corporate interests and what I can say and what I cannot say. For the record, and I need you to know this, everyone I know from that community has been nothing but loving and supporting. So I don't know what all this nonsense is about. Nailed it. Yeah, Chappelle's always been a bit of a thinker. Remember when, you know, he basically left his huge contract and went and lived so, in Africa and they said, oh, he had a breakdown, you know. Yep, was, somebody else didn't make it into the $50 million club either. Yeah. There, and, well, he and he was definitely invited. Oh, he was invited. Yeah. But he didn't he didn't take the deal. Funny. While we're well, on he this, w- wouldn't wear the dress. Yeah, wouldn't wear the dress. Wouldn't wear the dress. But. Cliff, we've played on this show before. Yeah. Funny we're talking about this, but I think it was last month. Uh, some young rap star says, is MC Hammer still alive? And uh, all of a sudden, MC Hammer tweets back to him and says, I'm still alive. I just didn't take the deal. When are you going to – or, or uh, how, how long until you sell your soul or something like that? And I was just like, oh, my gosh. MC Hammer yeah. from, <laughs> from the top ropes like, out of yeah. nowhere. It's like, you got it. You want to uh, you want to be in that high, the high earning club. You want to be up in there in Hollywood and the music industry and comedians making the 50, 100 million dollars. You got to you got to eat the baby. You got to you got to you got to sell your soul. You got to yeah, do mean, some I, friends I, of Epstein, servants of Satan stuff. Imagine how much worse they make the politicians sell out versus yeah. the actors and musicians. Yeah. Yeah. The politicians want it. Yeah. The actors and musicians, they got to try to get them into it. But uh, anyway, yeah, Dave, Dave left $50 million on the table. You know, and anyway, both of those guys always struck me as very honest. And, and I don't know them personally, but just struck me as real human beings who were upfront with what was going on. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I just got a kick out of both of them coming out with, or the, I guess Adams was uh, a while back, but got a kick out of those two clips we heard. So anyway, without further ado, maybe we should uh, thank some contributors to the show this week. Okay. <clears throat> so thank you guys all for supporting the show. This is a. Do you want to explain this? Once you explain it one time. Yeah, we we don't take advertising, and we, the only way that we obtain money for things like, you know, microphones and all the website stuff is uh, Tim does free labor, <laughs> and people send us donations. So either, you know, either we can keep convincing Tim to do stuff pretty much for free or people will have to donate money to the show and contribute money to the show. And fortunately, people have contributed um, certainly more than than I expected. I thought like, oh, Tim, do you really want to take donations for that five dollars a month that'll come in? So it's. We certainly appreciate it. And, you know, every every time we meet our listeners, it turns out uh, we should probably be listening to their podcast. Yeah, that's, a, that's true. So, you know, for whatever reason, you're, you're listening. We appreciate it. And we appreciate the support. So. It's, on that note, before I forget, Mr. Pilot from Canada, who sent me the video, uh, you said that your name was uh, Theo. 
the email that you sent is incorrect and it bounces back to me every time. Please go to revelationsradionews.com backslash contact. Go to the contact tab and send another email because the email you typed in is incorrect. And unless you wanted to be anonymous and not for me not to respond to you, which is totally fine. But if you wanted me to have a chance to respond to your video, and I hope people did check that out last week, um, I want I don't I don't have the right email. So please go go fill that out if you want me to talk to you. So <clears throat> without further ado, we'll get to the donations. And the first four here come through PayPal, including Owen. And I'm going to go ahead and say Owen is from Stafford Heights, Australia. And I think you have a story for us, Andrew. Yeah, we. He donated the amount above the $35 mark for international people. He donated $150. Way above, yeah. So he gets the free copy of Andrew's book. (laughs) Well, he would be getting that if Australia would allow us to ship it to him. So there's there's two very real possibilities. Either uh, the post office is correct and Australia is not allowing first-class mail to be sent into the country. Or there's the possibility that our local uh, post office is doing something wrong. So both the, both of those are legit possibilities, but we tried to mail the book to Australia and we're told, no, you can't send it to Australia. They say they're because of COVID-19, they're not allowing first class mail in. So. <laughs> Closed for COVID. Well, did you hear the, the James Corbett report where he talked about not being able to mail DVDs to the U.S. without a smartphone? Oh, I did not hear that. No. Yeah, that was a while I, back. I, I think it I was know this... that. Uh, yeah, I know James Evan Plato. I think does it now, but yes, yeah. and I think part of the impetus for that, that was the is, reason yeah. is yeah, James shows up and he's not allowed to do it without a an app on his phone or something to that effect. Oh yeah, we can't ship like this anymore. You got to do it like this. And it's just mm. like, what in the world? So. Okay. It's possible it's Australia. It's also possible your post office isn't that great. And we, hey, I'm, I actually love the post office. I'm a fan of the post office. I like what they do. Yep. They, my wife has a business that does really well uh, using utilizing the post office. I mean, they those guys are underpaid, underappreciated. No vaccine mandates for them, by the way. Yes, um, I, I, I like them. So I, ho- I, I want to say too, I, I like our local post office and the gal that works there because I told her the name of our podcast and she might listen to it so that's awesome shout out to you you're nice yes. and you, you don't make me wear a mask so um, we legitimately uh, are like since my my wife's business is going to have to transfer to a completely different state we legitimately are like sad to like leave our postman he's awesome here really yeah. good really good so anyway uh moving right along another person here from the uh, great northwest this is Corey from oak harbor washington with the 3333 donation so thank you for uh, donating the magic number to us here and your your book is on the way Corey. awesome uh next up we got john from berkshire uk and i believe this is one of those subscription ones so he sent us thank you john yes 10 bucks and then mr ian our friend of the show ian from uh western australia he already has a book so he doesn't need another i don't think and he sent in uh i think he sent a note in as well so i'm gonna try and find that in a minute yes and this was his uh, donation following up on the donation he sent that was for um, The Moth in the Iron Lung which ar- arrived the other day. I haven't started reading it yet, but I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, Ian. Yep. And then uh, Edward 
uh, from North Carolina is another one. He came in the P.O. box today uh, with 25 bucks, part of his subscription plan that he has. So um, without you, Edward. Yes, sir. I think that's all of our, our donors for this week. So thank you guys for uh, for donating, for sending uh, for sending in the money, for giving us value for what value you've seen. Oh, and if and there were a couple from last week that I had not sent the books out. I won't I won't blame anyone for maybe not updating the spreadsheet, but uh, they are out now. So if you yeah. donated for the last week's show, your book is now on its way. And I I had uh, my assistant over here. I told him to uh, fill out the uh, spreadsheet because I'm busy with like some other stuff like moving and, 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 and all the crazy stuff that's happening, getting cars ready to drive 2000 miles. And he said he would do it. And, uh, you know, I came home one night and checked in and he said he hadn't done it. Fired him immediately. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Good help. It's labor shortage. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not. There's plenty of people out there who need jobs. You've seen this uh, vaccine <laughs> mandate situation. I mean, I can give somebody else that job. So <laughs> hopefully he, you know, he learns his lesson, moves on to the next place. And we're going to we're going to do something we don't usually do. But we have a, a donation that I think came in literally during the show. So we'll, oh, wow. go, ahead and, we'll go ahead and thank Suzanne. She is from Parts Unknown. I don't know. And uh, she sent in 20 bucks. So thank you, Suzanne, for your donation. Suzanne. And she will be the last producer or contributor to uh, help us make episode 251. Um, yeah. Where to next? I was going to try to look at a couple of emails that we had here. Oh, uh, one of my favorite donors from or, or contributors from down there in Houston. She sent in a couple things. One of them was a... Uh, a video of a man in a dock worker in Tristi, Italy. And he is uh, holding the line with other dock workers and speaking to his children and saying that you must resist, resist like daddy does. I'm doing and like he breaks out, breaks out into tears and I would love to play it on the show, but he's speaking in, uh, in Italian we need the uh, subtitles. Yeah. So you need the subtitles. So I will encourage everyone to listen to it. I'll, like, I'll send it your way, Andrew, so that you can check it out. But yeah. uh, very, very, very powerful. Uh, she sent this to me day before yesterday and mentioned there was a two and a half hour march across the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, yeah. in opposition to the vaccine mandates. <laughs> was, was that a bunch of uh, January 6th? The insurrectionists marching across the Brooklyn Bridge? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. And this is the the dirty little secret of the media propaganda is that it's not those Christian Republicans that are the main opposition. It is lots of African Americans don't want this vaccine. Oh, there was African Americans there. I didn't see that. I actually didn't look at the footage, so. Well, I'm just referring – there was the protest outside the Nets game. Oh, that's right. The vaccine Kyrie for Irving, Kyrie Irving. You know, and the, the Black Lives Matter is like the main guy there, even though they tried to pass pass that off as a bunch of Republicans protesting. And then uh, you want to play the – Not uh, yet. Before we do- donate, I wanted – our gentleman who sent us the, uh, the first donation, uh, he did send us an email, and I wanted to read it just real quick. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Good day from Australia. I wish I could do it. Good day. Good day from Australia. <laughs> Loving your show. I only came around to your across your podcast via Corbett a couple months ago and have been catching up on episodes as well as keeping abreast of the latest ones when I can. It's a breath of fresh air to hear scriptural views intertwined with what's going on around us these days. I really appreciate the time you put into each episode. I would love a copy of Andrew's book. If it's no trouble, God bless you and your family. Stay strong in the spirit. Owen from Queensland, Australia. Um, and he, he has he linked a verse as well. It says uh, Ephesians six ten through twelve. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So thank you for sending that. That was a donation from Queensland, Australia. And then we had, I mean, we had two donors from Australia this week. So when we talk, like I said, I had to explain where Oklahoma is because we start talking about Oklahoma. People are like, what is this place? I don't even know. I've heard Seattle, but what is Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the gal at the post office is like, wow, it's crazy like, how international your podcast is. People from all over the place. So yeah, and that's and true. That's, you know. Not only people from all over the place, but we continue to be amazed by how smart they all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pilots we, and business owners and attorneys. We we may be the dumbest people producing we, this show. <laughs> we have the the wisest podcast audience out there. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, uh, and this from Ian, uh, also in Australia, said so the last time I wrote when COVID shots were mandatory for workers in the resource and healthcare sectors in Western Australia, the premier the premier premier has almost gone uh, full-on despot, as he can be seen in his mandates here. Because of the resource boom of late, the state has received an enormous amount of royalties, enough to put state treasury in a good position. Even so, with no less cases of COVID-19 in the state, the state-run healthcare system has been at capacity levels of patients, and there are even uh, times when ambulances have to queue up. But the premier still hasn't done anything to improve the situation. He, along with nearly every government leader, are putting all their eggs in the one basket of COVID-19 shots. He sent hmm. a couple art. It's almost like it's not about dealing with COVID. It's about getting the medical martial law system in place. Amen to that. The premier is clearly worried about the unvaccinated, thus the rush to push the shots on the population of everyone over 12 years old as much as possible, because the healthcare system won't be able to cope if we opened up now. Luckily, the virus will be will go along with the narrative when most people are vaxxed and the hospitals mm-hmm. won't be inundated with covid patients by then. Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> next week, from, next week from November the 1st, the Australian government will allow citizens and permanent residents over the age of 12 who are fully vaccinated to travel outside of Australia without needing an outwards travel exemption. Well, that all means I won't be able to travel overseas for the foreseeable future. Even if I could at this stage, the trouble it would take to return home would make it very bothersome and too expensive. Mm-hmm. Recently, I tried to make inquiries with the state government health department about how their decision on mandates, etc., are made. However, that didn't go very far. They seem to be only entranced by the whole narrative and tended to lead me in the, to the information on what decisions are being made, not how they're yes. being made. You don't need to know how they're made. Or One the inquiry led or the reasons. No. 
One inquiry led me from the State Department of Health to the Federal Health Department and then back again to the State Department. I get the impression we aren't meant to find the answer to that question. Once again, thank you both for your <laughs> efforts in doing the podcast. It is much appreciated. Also, wishing both of your family strength and wisdom to get through these times. It is, after all, the virtues we develop during our lives that will help us the most after we pass into the afterlife. With best wishes, Ian. Ian's got an interesting history there. He's uh, he was a monk years ago. Oh, that's right. You know, I did see a video. I did, I did not include it, so we can't play it. But there was a guy, uh, kind of a, you know, health freedom guy, sounded like, in Australia, um, who had basically got out of the country while he still could, and he's in Mexico now. He's like, I'm 64 years old, you know, I'm no good, no good in a physical fight. And the government was snooping around and I figured my days were numbered and I would get out while I still can. And he's he's in Mexico. So he he was able to travel with just a negative test, not with the the vaccine mandates, which are coming. So, yeah, it's, you know, who. We think that we're making big moves going from yeah. one U.S. state to another, but to to have the choice of like, do I stick this out, knowing I can never leave my home country, or if I do leave, I might never be able to come back. I mean, that's those are are very difficult decisions to make. So well, we may never be able to afford to come back here. That that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we yeah, we're, don't, we're, don't we're never come back to the Northwest. That's a, yeah, that's no. A, I'm just I'm just saying. You, I mean, even if we wanted to, we may never we oh, may yeah. never be able to afford it again. No, I I know what you're saying. I I could not turn around and buy the same place I just sold. So it's, yeah. Oh, same same. There's no way I could make that mortgage. No. It's, it's not gonna work. No. So, um, COVID nineteen. Uh, required for test testing required for U.S. re-entry in accordance with January 26 mm-hmm. CDC. They are trying to make it so you have to be vaccinated to travel internationally now. Right. I've seen those stories everywhere, but I've been checking travel.state.gov and I have not seen the actual mandate yet. So it's an, I think it's another one of these misinformation kind of maybe priming everybody to see what they say if they before they do it. Test in the yeah. test in the population. Yeah. Well, they won't, but I mean, they are doing it some places like Australia. But yeah. yeah. Canada, I think. But Canada, I got to tell my cousin if he can get out, he can come. He can come stay with me. Yeah. Yeah. Get him <laughs> refugee status. It's crazy, man. He lives in Vancouver. I live I, in Seattle. Two of the you know most uh, progressive, but you know sophisticated technologically, you know. Advanced, tons of tech companies, great big Fortune 500 companies, all these, you know, beautiful areas, all this stuff, beautiful scenery, and what we're fleeing to the to the prairie of the north or the prairie of the Midwest, like yeah, <laughs> it's just the red carpet country. <laughs> it's just it's something, man. It's something. All right. Well, where do we go next? Oh, as we were just saying, we were saying we needed to play uh, in reference to the Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, let's, let's play uh, the uh, the boxer Floyd Mayweather's comments on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, what's up? I know you're going through a lot. 
we had a chance to hang out in 2016 when you represented America, when you represented the red, white, and blue. You only want to be treated fair. Um, I was going to post something on one of my social media pages, but I decided to do it the old school way and read it out to you because you're a great person, great father, a great athlete, and you believe what you believe. America is the land of the free, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and supposedly freedom to choose. Never be controlled by money. I respect you for having some integrity and being your own man. A free mind makes his own choices and a slave mind follows the crowd. Stand for something or fall for anything. One man can lead a revolution to stand up and fight for what's right. One choice, one word, one action can change the world. It's crazy how people hate you for being a leader. I hope your actions encourage many others to stand up and say enough is enough. Respect to you, Kyrie, and power to the people. You know, I can't say it. I'm not really a boxing fan. Sure. You know, but so it's not like I know a lot about Floyd Mayweather, but that was uh, he's not the person I would have expected to say that. So no, it, I agree. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. The, the media portrayal of him is that all he cares about is money. And yeah. what's the first thing he says? Don't be controlled by money. Yep. Yep. So. yep. That's uh, it's a great point. I, I love the uh, the title on this tweet is uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yes. white white supremacist Floyd Mayweather stands with fellow Klan member Kyrie against forced vaccinations. <laughs> they can't make it about race. I don't know how this is going to go. How are you going to yeah. BLM? How are you going to BLM this? You going to say the... Floyd Mayweather's not black enough? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Give him the Russell Wilson treatment. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's not black enough. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's and for those of you who don't know, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago or last week, but Kyrie Irving has pretty much been told he can't play for his team that, he, that they signed him for all this mm-hmm. money uh, because it's the New Jersey. They play in actually, no, I'm sorry. They play in Brooklyn and they wouldn't be able to. Uh, I, I might have so, said New Jersey the whole last episode, by the way, <laughs> instead of Brooklyn Nets. Sorry. <laughs> oh, weren't they usually? Didn't they used to be in New Jersey? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But now they moved okay. to Brooklyn. Now they moved. Oh, to that's Brooklyn. right. Yeah. So oh, I think shows... I may have said New Jersey last. Well, time. that's that's fine. I I didn't catch it because I, uh, you know, me and the NBA have had a falling out. But yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, the huge the huge uh, kind of uh, gorilla in the room with our podcast lately is that there is no. There's no sports talk, talk no yeah. fo- no football talk, no sports talk whatsoever, and that used to be a a feature of We've our show. We've yet to receive our first complaining email, like, "Hey, why aren't you guys talking about football? I missed the insightful football analysis." Man, we used to do picks. Remember that? We'd do picks <laughs> yeah. and see who won this week. Uh, yeah, was like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't need my wokeness with my. Uh, well, let's. Football. Let's play the uh, the cringy Hillary Clinton clip because she talks about those same New York vaccine mandates uh, that are affecting Kyrie Irving. It's imperative that uh, the prime minister uh, do what he can to stop the rise in COVID in the UK. Oh. He doesn't need to shut the society down, but he does need to mandate vaccines. By mandate, 
vaccines, you mean that what we would call vaccine passports, insist that people coming into buildings, into clubs, into restaurants yeah, show. Yeah, and, and employers. I mean, part of what we've done in New York, for example, is all of the big health uh, uh, systems, hospitals and the like, they've mandated vaccines. And so, for example, one very large one, 77,000 employees, a thousand refused to get vaccinated. They were fired. And you think it's imperative. They were fired. They were fired. Just the joy. They were fired. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, that's Hillary Clinton. Yeah. What what position does she hold again? What did, yeah, we, yeah. What did she, she say? She, she said we. Kind of made it sound like she's show? in charge of New York. Is she? It's imperative that. Oh wait, is that uh, new governor? Is that a Hillary Clinton puppet? Hmm. Interesting. People coming into buildings, into clubs, into restaurants. Yeah, so yeah, and, and employers. I mean, part of what we've done in New York, for example. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it, that's the example of where everything's gone so great. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, you got the questions for Corbett. What about Daigle? I actually uh, did not get through <laughs> this whole video yet. So, what does he okay. say about it? Was Daigle? Good. I was just gonna say it. I was just gonna recommend people check it out. Is it de- so that, is it de- debunking the the Deagle the Daigle? Oh yes, yes, yeah. fully yeah. debunking it. Okay. Um, but and also the larger issue of. Why is the stuff that you can't document and prove more appealing and the stuff that everyone wants to talk about than the stuff that's out there and open? And you can, you know, you could lay it out step by step what's actually going on. And then people would rather they would rather talk about the to quote Bill Gates, Andrew, it's more titillating. (laughs) Yes. So that's so you know, the, these and, conspiracies and are just, just the know, kind of titillating. Yeah, the obscure web page where it's like the population's going to 100 million by 2025. And it, you know, it's just like, ugh. so there's, so what he does is he goes through all the, their other predictions and how they're all wrong. And it's like, well, why do we think, you know, why are we taking this seriously when they're wrong about everything? And that's a that's an excellent question, James. Why would we take someone seriously who is wrong about everything when you can listen to people that are right about everything and they're not making predictions that they can't know? They're just saying, here's what the agenda is. You know, lowering the world's population is part of the agenda. And here are ways that they're doing it vaccines spraying stuff from the air and messing up our food supply messing up the water supply etc so you don't even have to get to the what do they what do they know the world today has 6.8 billion people that's headed up to about 9 billion now if we do a really great job on new vaccines healthcare reproductive health services we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15% New vaccines, new vaccines, new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. And it, it's not a one to one comparison. But do you do you know how much the death rate has increased this year? No, about 15 percent. Right, right on schedule, and we're we're not even into what 
the design of these vaccines was for because they they're not designed to kill you fast like this is all still no, pretty accident that, that much is very clear yes yeah, yeah. it's yeah they want to kill you slow where you can't yeah. trace it back this is yeah there's some real inflammation problems and yeah i looked into this a little bit i don't remember if it was through that Spartacus letter or whatever, but I did my own. My I did my own Andrew Hoffman. You know, thirty <laughs> minutes of you scaring yourself with the vaccine, scaring myself with the vaccine <laughs> reading. So I started reading about the inflammation of the heart and the fatty tissue that develops around it, and it's just a weird, just weird stuff. I think that that might have been that uh, Spartacus well, letter. I should go back and check it. So the the heart inflammation issue. And we, we talked about on the podcast the survey and how there was kind of an, you know, how COVID is much more serious the older you are, but vaccine side effects much more serious, much more common the younger you are. And the the idea that if you're a super athletic, in-shape person, you don't have a lot of body fat. And one of the only fatty areas on your body is right around your heart. And so there's the hypothesis that the the issues in all these young, healthy people is because it's attacking the heart. And it's so sick that it's still going to get pushed on everybody. Um, you know, it should be an eye opener. But the, I did want to throw this story in because of all the vaccine stuff we've talked about and how they rig the statistics. This is this was a new one to me okay so this comes from KUTV a local place in Utah and it's talking about a Utah scientist that testifies before the FDA panel asks them not to approve COVID-19 vaccine for kids and it shows his his wife in the hospital um, very serious side effects so it says COVID-19 vaccines for children ages 5 to 11 are one step closer to approval after a unanimous vote from a Food and Drug Administration advisory panel with one abstention. Safe and effective. Yeah. The group voting Tuesday said the vaccine's benefits in preventing COVID-19 in that age group outweigh potential risks. During the eight-hour hearing, doctors, scientists, and concerned citizens were given a chance to testify. Dr. Brian Dressen, Ph.D., is a Utah father, husband, and chemist who testified before the panel. Dressen's wife, Brianne, took part in the Utah-based portion of the U.S. AstraZeneca trial in 2020. She suffered significant neurological injury after the first dose and withdrew from the trial. She spoke to KUTV news reporter Jim Spiewak Tuesday, saying her kids will not receive a COVID vaccine, even if it is approved. Dressen told the U.S. advisory panel their decision is being rushed based on incomplete data from underpowered trials insufficient to predict rates of severe and long-lasting adverse reactions. He urged the committee to reject the EUA modification and direct Pfizer to perform trials that will decisively demonstrate that the benefits outweigh the risk for children. In his three-minute testimony, Dressen shared his wife's story. My wife was severely neurologically injured by a single COVID vaccine in a clinical trial here in the United States last November. Because study protocol requires two doses, she was dropped from the trial. Her access mm. to the study app was deleted. Mm. Her reaction is not described in the recently released clinical trial report. She wasn't fully vaccinated. 
So that's another another layer of the lies. Oh, it's supposed to be a two-dose vaccine. So we're just not going to count that person that had a really bad reaction to the first dose in the in the scientific clinical trial. I mean, it's So I got a plan, right? It's like the it's like the 80s, 70s, 80s. You know how we had that great luck you know, just sit, you, you and me sitting around with old uh uh Rockefeller in uh, what's what's the the gentleman's name Nixon's foreign aid secretary of state oh, Kissinger yeah we're sitting around Rockefeller and Kissinger like what if we just try the same thing in the United States but first we just dumb down the population for like 20 years <laughs> 30 years yeah we could we could try that and along comes the cell phone, like, hey, this is great. Let's get everybody just obsessed with their phone. Like, let's let's mm-hmm. just move this thing forward. And then let's slowly institute the bureaucracy, put it all in place. We'll, we'll get this Obama guy in, and you just put the healthcare system. None of this works without Obamacare. None of this. All the electronic data records, all this, all the doctors having to follow protocol, all of the consignment or uh, mm-hmm. consolidation of all the different healthcare providers, all the you know drug companies getting to you know get paid, and insurance companies getting to rape the American people for their money. None of this works until the Obamacare is in place. We get all that in place, and we present the bureaucracy. And there is so much bureaucracy and red tape that we can carry out a conspiracy in the open that no one will notice because there's so much BS to cut through and look through. And we'll do it all at the same time as we collapse the global financial system, collapse the global supply chain, and slowly erode everyone's rights. And we'll see if we can get everybody to buy in just the right time. A global pandemic requires global governance. That's right. That's right. Well, if only government can save us from the mess that government made. As we discussed with the NIH, Fauci, and uh, Moderna. (laughs) Literally made not yeah. just exploited, they like, made it. They made it. <laughs> like literally made it. Yes. <laughs> and released it on the people. Yeah. It's uh it's something. I'll tell you. It's good that uh good to remember that Jesus is on the throne and that there is an end to this thing coming up and that it is going to be um, my phone is just playing music now. Probably shouldn't have grabbed that during the show. <laughs> I've never even heard this song in my life. <laughs> Stop. Stop well, I've got the phone uh, in my pocket there. I've got the loud child that just arrived home, so we should probably wrap it up. Well, let's do that. Let's wrap it up. Anything else we have to get to? Let me look at my folder. You look at your folder. See if there's anything else we got to do. All these links will be in the show notes if you guys want to check them out, and I do encourage that you do. This was sent to me by a listener. I sent it to a couple people, and I tweeted it, which a lot of people sent back throw up emojis but uh <laughs> this is from the medium uh meet your maker the robot priests that are taking the world by storm in an era of diminished religious affiliation faith leaders are returning to techno are turning to technology to help usher worshipers back into the flock gross <laughs> throw up emoji yeah throw up emoji this throw is up the emoji proper, proper sure. reaction uh the only other Thing that I forgot to throw in here, uh, but we should put it in the show notes. We'll put out another video, and the beginning has some like 1950s anti-communist propaganda. Right. But he talks about how you know it was totally wrong 
in a lot of ways, but now we're actually seeing the communists take over and there's, but the corporations, the supposedly capitalist corporations are the one doing, are the ones executing it. Absolutely. They are. So, that's, that's the way yeah. this is going down. Here's a quick clip. I mean, it's very quick, but a woman finds, uh, Amazon has thousands of recordings of her all from her home. So this woman, I cannot figure out because her name on TikTok is my data, not yours. She has several TikTok postings about privacy and big brother and big tech and data privacy. Yet she had an Amazon Alexa in her house and she asked them to send her all the information that they had on her mm. and then made a video about it. I requested all of the data that Amazon has on me and here's what I found. So for reference, I have two dots and one echo. We also use smart bulbs. So when I downloaded the zip file, these are all of the folders I came with. I decided to click on the audio one and this is what I have. These are all short voice clips, which is so scary. And this one is of me turning on a light. Are 3,534 short audio clips in this file alone. I then clicked on contacts and it turns out they have a full list of my contacts from my phone and I never remember syncing that. The very last thing that I didn't know that they had, I could have assumed that they had, but I don't love that they have, is my location. If you open up this CSV here, it'll tell you exactly where your Alexa is located, right down to the lat long. So to answer your question, I'm not totally comfortable with everything they have. Like, if I for more. What what did you think an Alexa was? <laughs> she has three of them, two dots, <laughs> two dots, an Alexa and a, uh, or yeah, two dots and an Echo, and then a uh, the, the 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 smart light bulbs. Yeah, and so, so I was playing Dominion, the mm -hmm. card game, with okay. my with my daughter last night, and we were playing with the dreaded rats card that multiplies. So we were saying rats a lot mm -hmm. and a story pops up on my wife's phone is over on the couch about rats. Yeah, so this is, this is how it's done. All your data are belong to Google. That's why you need to get on graphene OS, Andrew. Yeah. Huh? This is an interesting uh, article. Cause this is truly our roots. When I think back to when this podcast started, this is exactly where it started. Yeah. Ten years after the Arab Spring gains for democracy, question mark. On October 23rd, 2011, Libya was declared liberated from the regime of Mobar Gaddafi, making it one of the events of the Arab Spring. Ten years after the wave of pro-democracy protests swept the region, uh, Statistas uh, puts the de uh, details below. Some countries have improved their scores while hopes of creating more egalitarian society has been quashed elsewhere. Are you going to play the Biden clip? What do we got? That there's fewer democracies. Not more. Fewer. <laughs> fewer. <laughs> well, it's because of him. It's because of him and Hillary and Obama and all these guys who are like, yeah, let's go to war. Romney. Ten years after the Arab Spring gains for democracy – and this is a score. Okay, selected countries in the Arab world by their 2020 EIU Democracy Index score and change in rank from 2010 to 2020. Egypt, unchanged. So, uh, oh wait, zero. No, wait, zero. So they they have a zero democracy score. 
great. Not 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 doing Probably, great. I, I think just about everyone should have a zero democracy score at this point. Yeah, Libya, n- worse. Yep, okay. Libya one. Uh, Yemen, negative uh, eleven. Down down eleven. <laughs> Saudi Arabia up three. Algeria up ten. And Morocco seems to be doing fine out there on the coast. Up up twenty. Uh, Syria. They just exported all their troublemakers to Europe. Yeah. Syria, negative 12. So anyway, this is 100% where we started the show. You, me, and we were upset with everybody in our liberal utopia states thinking that everything Obama did was good while he drone bombed American mm-hmm. citizens elsewhere. So that was the impetus for me calling you up and saying, hey, let's do a, pod- <laughs> let's do a podcast. And you said, but Tim, I'm going to be writing a book that I haven't started yet. Yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right do you have any words of wisdom for us before we get out of here uh, not really just uh you know if you if you needed some little podcaster to say that thing you were thinking about doing or moving or stand you were thinking about taking go ahead and do it yeah yeah shout out to steve Hopefully there's a lot yeah. of other Steves Thank out there. Thank you for your courage, Steve. Yep. And if uh, anybody knows of an, uh, a manufacturing job in Washington State area that Steve could work at. Uh, Steve, Steve, there's some room in Oklahoma for you, Steve. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Thank you guys for doing a show with us, uh, for listening to us. And, uh, yeah, keep praying for our families. we got a lot of uh, – upheaval and kind of crazy changes coming and it's always a little bit harder when you got them them children's the little tiny ones the tiny tiny ones they make it they make it a little bit harder but they also kind of uh make you align your beliefs with your surroundings Mm -hmm. uh, as best as you possibly can so without further ado thank you guys for coming tuning in this week and thanks for doing the show andrew thank you tim and thanks everybody for listening A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say Right. There are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for The New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. 
when we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. There mm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers. And you often say, you say everyone allowed. Everyone sort of knows this. And you say we're not allowed, we're not able. Between... Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? Um, people that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who try and claim that you know, it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory. It was. But I mean, who let's said just that take at an CNN? Example. But I'm just saying that when you say allowed, I just think it's a provocative thing you say. You say you say we're not allowed to talk about these things, but they're all over the internet. Well, what, I can Google them. I can Brian, find them everywhere. I've heard about every story oh, you mentioned. Of course. So I'm just suggesting, of course, people are allowed to cover whatever they want to cover. But you and I both know, and it would be delusional to claim otherwise, that touching your finger to an increasing number of subjects that have been deemed third rail by the mm. mainstream institutions and increasingly by some of the tech companies will lead to reputational damage, perhaps you losing your job, um, your children sometimes being demonized as well. And so what happens is a kind of mm. internal self-censorship. This mm. is something that I saw over and over again when I was at the New York Times. All right.